Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gearman. We're here with our friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We also have our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham, who is rocking a very nice Arkell's uh, house coat right now. It's like a bathrobe. Um, as we all are in our homes, working from home, this is basically the way it is and the way it's probably going to be for a while, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the pod uh, when we get to our subjects. But before we do that, guys, how's it going? What's going on? Talk to me. Well, actually, I've been thinking about Shane because I listened to the latest Dax Shepard podcast, or maybe it's two two pods ago, and it was a different episode because I guess he had relapsed, and mm-hmm. I was wondering what you thought of that. We hadn't really talked about it, but when I think a lot of us think about Dax, we think about you and Dax and Kristen. <laughs> we, there's a bit of a Shane Alex thing going on there. Yeah. Um, what, did, what did you make of that episode? Well... It's it's weird because I'm I hate to admit this sort of thing because I I feel like I almost like there's a side of my brain that wants it to be dramatic but neither of them cried which was mm. kind of like oh I, I, where was I wanted the heartstrings to be pulled what'd you think Max mm, yeah well um, again yeah I probably agree with Shane there where it wasn't the most dramatic relapse of all time but I, but it did make me think about. Um, just the seriousness of addiction. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, we listen to Dax and, and that pod all the time. And, and I kind of forget that he was an addict. I know he brings it up and stuff, but I don't take it seriously at all because he seems to go about his business in such an easy, carefree kind of way. And he lives such like a fun life. And that I don't actually think about how much that would uh, sort of hang over his every day, you know, like those urges. And so the fact that he was taken as seriously as he does it kind of reminded me just like oh yeah this is addiction is a real thing and has a real like hold over people um i love the way uh we we're just all reminded that uh, monica is such a huge part of their life and i just like love that <laughs> dynamic between monica and dax and Kristen. how she's really like it's not a couple like do, do, do you sometimes get the impression that like dax and monica's relationship is actually closer than Kristen and Dax's. I mean, it's different. And I'm sure there's a closeness that we don't hear about because Dax and Kristen don't have a pod together. But it does feel like that relationship actually seems to be um, just like a busier relationship and one that is closer in in many ways. So I I did like being reminded of that. Do you feel like it's kind of like the relationship between you and manager Ash? Yeah, I think there's definitely some similarities there for sure. And, and you see it also with uh, Conan and Sona because obviously Conan's been married for 30 years, Conan O'Brien, and his assistant Sona, Moff Sessian, uh, and they have a, a great kinship too. Yeah, so there's definitely definitely something there. The, the other thing that uh, I'm sure you were thinking about, Shane, was when they were talking about his sponsors and his other sort of close mm-hmm. friends that he confides in when it comes to his addiction stuff, like who is he talking about? Because they roll in pretty, you know, rarefied air in pretty high, high end circles. And do, do you know who it was? Cause Ash, Mandrash did tell me that uh, she did some internet sleuthing and she had some ideas as to who, who he was referring to. Actually, Ash is texting me on the side right now. That might not be a fact. Retreat, retreat. Okay. So I won't say any other names that Ash had mentioned to me, but, um, but yeah, and when at first he was saying I was concerned about what sponsors would think, I thought he was talking about sponsors of his podcast and if he lose financial, uh, <laughs> like if he if he lose money. And I think maybe at one point he was alluding to that. But yeah, sometimes I do get messed up when someone says sponsors and they're talking about alcohol mm. and <laughs> AA. Yeah, just because anyway. you're so obsessed with sponsors, getting sponsors for this family tree. Well, right? well, I well I do yes, and I do think about. You know, sometimes like we had Kirk Cameron on uh, an episode of Family Tree and, you know, he has extreme beliefs that can turn a lot of sponsors off. So it, you mm. do think about all these things. Of course. Hey, Mike, did you listen to the episode? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you did. Sorry. I just cut you out. What did you think of it? No, no, no. I I, I mean, yeah, it was interesting. It's interesting. He's such a... um He's such a, like a 360 thinker. Like he literally sort of tries to, he plays out everything in his mind and he's so um, eloquent at explaining exactly what his thought process is. And obviously part of his appeal is, you know, the idea that he is a super sort of clever person uh, and a thoughtful person. But, you know, when he was talking about gaslighting and all that stuff, but I mean, just in general, it's so interesting to me, like the idea of like addiction as entertainment slash Mm. helpful 
like it's like I get you know there's there was one school of thought where it's like you know him sharing his experience helps other people who have gone through similar things um and it's not a world that I'm super unfamiliar with like do things in my own life not personally but people around me and so whenever it's like it, it comes up or it's like you're listening to people who have relapse or have issues with you know opiates or any sort of uh, drug alcohol issues it's it's always fascinating territory. We've listened to Marin talk about this for a long time. This seems to be sort of like um, a common through theme with a lot of people in the entertainment industry and in ev- ev- many many other fields. But whenever like um, an episode like that comes out and it becomes a talking point, like oh, did you hear Dax relapsed? And then we're all sort of talking about it. We all sort of rush to listen to it, and I I, I find myself thinking about what that is exactly. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like it's like almost like um, it's it's voyeurism, and, and that's what all of that is. And but it also is helpful, I'm sure, to people who have gone through those things or people that can relate to those things. But I just, I, I always try to figure out what I'm doing when I'm listening to him talk about it. I'm like, I get that he's famous and successful and he's had this relapse. And a, a thing he talks about a lot is his 16 years of sobriety and all of that. And this was a big revelatory thing where he's like, oh, I, I haven't been truthful and it's not 16 years. And that means something to him. And we listen to that. And his authenticity and his willingness to share is what is appealing. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I'm like, what? Like, it is. It's 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 like it's like um, it's like heart heartache or like sort of like personal sort of like um, hurt as entertainment in a weird way. Do you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? It's what makes life interesting, right? If it was just a normal episode, we wouldn't rush to hear it. But the fact yeah. that it's it's different, we're all looking to think like, how would we handle something like that? What would if something crazy in our life happened? What would we do? Oh, let's hear how Dax handles this. Then, if my life falls off the rails, maybe I'll impart something from this. So that's the way I'm watching it as like a reality show. I'm also looking for tools on how to handle things that are going wrong in my own life. And I'm so invested in his life because I've been following him for so long. I also want to be in all these conversations that people are having about it because I know it's going to be heavily downloaded and listened to maybe by people who even aren't, who haven't been listening for the last few years. Uh, One of my favorite games to play is like if, if I was like a A plus Hollywood celeb, how public would I be with my family and my personal life? Because sometimes you see examples of people that I think kind of go about it all the wrong way or clearly fishing for attention or oversharing in ways that I think like reflects badly on them. And then there's others that you don't see any of and you kind of go, can I get a little taste, please? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, apparently Ryan Gosling and uh, Eva Mendes, Mendes, Mendes yeah. are married and have children and we hardly know this and i (laughs) and i kind of want to be like come on give us a little taste right (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i um i personally um obviously like the tom hanks uh rita marriage i think that's a a good level of um sort of public showing uh ted danson and his wife they seem to to do it right um who else is like um seth uh Seth Rogen? Seth, no, yeah, Seth Rogen and his wife, they kind of do it nicely. Well, what, what do you guys think? Who, who, who do you model yourself after? Who do you like and who annoys you? <laughs> well, for me, it's just it's less who I model myself after and more who I feel like is closer to already how I model myself. So I look for like-minded people who are doing things I'm already doing. And like you said, a lot of people bring up Dax that like they used to bring it up and just in terms of my appearance I look like Dax like when I was growing up mm-hmm. I had blonde hair like Dax and everyone would just say there was like physical similarities and then I listened to him on the podcast I'm like oh we do think the same and like Mike said he's 20 times more articulate than I'll ever be and more intelligent also but I do tend to have the same views mm-hmm. Mike I, yeah it's a good question I guess I don't think of it in those those terms, like you said, like modeling after or whatever, because I, I, I guess it's like I'm, I'm always thinking about the fact that it's like we all have social media. So we're presenting some sort of front to the world, whatever that is, the people we went to high school with, the people that don't know us, the fact that we have this podcast, there's people that I don't know who are probably checking out my shit. So like I'm sort of cognizant of all of that. But in in general, even like amongst, say, like whether it's people you work with or your social groups, and you know, they can be different social groups. I tend to be... Um, less sherry just in general like and and part of that's just like you know the nature of my relationship with danica and things like that but then at the same time it's like i have a public instagram and i post stuff of winona all the time so one might say that that's sharing a ton of things you know but i think in general i tend to not share too much um 
But yeah, I don't think and my thing though, as far as like when you say who annoys you and who do you think is doing it right, I kind of I'm kind of like whatever. It's 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 a personal question to the person that's doing the sharing. You know what I mean? It's like if of if course, somebody, but this is a judgy question. I just yeah, want but, you to judge. <laughs> yeah, but I I don't I, I find myself I find when people judge like right now actually online very sort of sadly and tragically, uh, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend uh, they lost their mm-hmm. child and um, that that she was pregnant and. Um, the baby didn't make it and she posted like a very intimate photo online and more so than sort of her sharing this moment and for all the people that have gone through that experience and how that might be is either healing or the opposite whatever whatever that is i'm very fascinated by sort of the discussion around it and people sort of attacking her for like wondering about the mechanics of taking a photo in that moment and then sharing it and sort of like and I understand the conversation, but I'm also kind of like, this is the world we've been living in for almost 20 years now. Like, I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand how people still find like, um, life as sort of like the sharing experience or like that's most base level, like entertainment as like something shocking. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so like I, I tend to like, if somebody is like, ah, they overshare, I tend to, to, to defend it and just be like, eh, that's like kind of what they're doing. And I don't find it annoys me too much because I don't really follow those things like very strongly. I kind of like when they flare up or they become part of pop, like sort of like the zeitgeist, then I'll sort of like check in, but it's not like I'm I'm watching reality shows or something like that. So it's not, I don't really get too annoyed by the, the endeavor because I'm not super engaged with it. But I, I get what you're saying. You're saying you're going, Mike, fuck off. We're trying to make fun of some people here. <laughs> I, I totally understand. And I'm like, I, I don't have anybody. Who, who annoys you, Maxi? Um... Well, yeah, good question. Who does? Yeah, I think there's the, the, the really thirsty ones that don't really have any substance <laughs> that are just yeah, sort of like Bella showing Thorne's off. Their, kind of annoying. Yeah, they're, they're, they're wealth and good looks. If there's if they're not offering anything more than that, then I can get, kind of get an eye roll. But actually, Shane, because I, I, I obviously saw the Chrissy Teigen thing. It's obviously so mm-hmm. tragic. Um, and I was thinking there's probably a good topic for this family tree to talk about as opposed to just three dudes that are going through. But yeah. the um, the... The vitriol that you or that you see in some corners of Twitter and the internet towards Chrissy because she's been a very like outspoken pro-choice mm-hmm. f- feminist sort of personality mm-hmm. in the culture, and then seeing, I think, yeah, I don't even want to get into it, but it's just very depressing to see how people are obviously piling on her during a really difficult time for that family. Yeah, yeah. it's. I mean, even even not celebrities. Uh, I like you see this. Like I I don't go on Facebook a ton. But when I do go on, you still, you'll see people from that you went to high school with people that you met, you know, along the way in your life's journey. And it's like, everybody has a different level of sharing. You know, you'll have one person who like overshares the most insane sort of like sex quizzes. And you're like, what are you doing? Or, or like, you know, they're having a, they're having a fight (laughs) with, um, their significant other. And they're, they're putting the whole thing on blast, like in, in a very sort of like public facing way. And, you know, you read it and you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe you put this on here, you know, but and I would never do that. But, and as I'm reading it, yeah, I'm like judging a little bit. I'm going, Jesus, I'm like, do you really want to put this on? This is a little bit embarrassing. But ultimately I'm like, you know what? If this gets them through the night to like vent and put it on their Facebook because that that's their way of sort of getting a message to the person, they're, whatever their reason, if it makes them get through the night and feel a better, I tend to sort of like cut them some slack, even though personally I'm kind of like, yo, that ain't it. I'm just kind of like, I hope that that, whatever they had to do helps them sleep better. And if Chrissy Teigen in that moment, posting that photo regardless of all the vitriol and hate that's going to come back at her people acting like it's staged or whatever the hell it is that they're saying it's like if that helped her even like a a monocomb in sort of like their moment of pain and all that stuff it's like then let her let her post it let anybody Mm -hmm. post you know yeah and it helps you shift the focus now all of a sudden you're focusing on helping other people and it's a way of like grieving too i don't know i think it helps far more people than it hurts like all the people who are complaining about it they haven't gone through that yet. And I think if they did, they would really appreciate all the things Chrissy's doing with that photo and her message and spreading the story. Yeah, and it's okay if, if you want to be uh, in a cynical place when you're like, oh, Chrissy Teigen's just doing this for more attention or whatever, or whoever the person is yeah. that's sharing some intimate part of their life. You can, whatever, you can feel that way. But also there's nothing, I don't know. I, I think if like, even as a songwriter, when I'm sharing some like, emotional part of my life it's just like well is he doing this for you know commercial purposes like i guess yeah i am is he doing this for for people to 
to, to, to look at him adoringly. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm doing that, but I'm also doing something that feels cathartic to me. And if it's helping somebody else get through a hard situation or feel connected to the piece of music, then that's great too. So there, so yeah. things can be like, I think in everyday life, completely selfish, but also, uh, helpful at the same time. And, and that's like even jobs that people have. It's like most people who are helpers, whether they're social workers or teachers or anything, they, 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 they also go, I'm doing this for myself too. There's a part of me that likes being helpful. There's a part of me that likes telling people what to do or offering good advice or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and if that helps somebody else get through something, then that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the days of things being so like delineated or like defined are like, it's become so blurred. Everybody's sort of everything all at once. Like it's like, and, and we can exist in sort of a multitude of ways. Like you said, Max, writing a song can be something that means something uh, personal to you and is very cathartic, but then can also serve all those other purposes. Like you said, um, and I just think that us as a collective, we're starting to sort of like just acknowledge that and sort of like it, 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 you aren't just if you're just like the football quarterback, well, you might also write poetry. And if you're the poet, you might also love playing soccer. All these like defined roles have been getting exploded for the last couple decades. And I feel like it's just sort of like now we sort of accept all of these things. Like you said, it's like because there's always that argument. It's like the most basic argument. It's like, well, you do charity because, you know, it makes you feel good. It's like, yeah, but it can also have like. It has two purposes. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm also helping, but yes, I get a dopamine hit off of helping or whatever that, that gives you. It's like, but it can serve multiple um, sort of uh, purposes at the same time. Yeah. And I don't think anyone who helps with charity doesn't feel good about it. So anyone who's mm-hmm. doing it is doing it selfishly in some way. Yeah. It, 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 um, yeah. It's selfish. Whatever ad, uh, you know, adjective you have to describe what that is. But it's true. You're right. There, There's mm-hmm. some something that's self-serving and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Man, we like jumped into a topic and got heavy like right away. We didn't even catch mm-hmm. up on what we've been up to. What have we been doing? I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel well, what like have you been up been... to, Mikey boy? I feel like you got something good cooking. Well, I, I it's not it's not necessarily good. It's like, but I just you guys know me. I'm not really like a, a handyman. Well, I, uh, I ripped out <laughs> <laughs> I ripped out my uh, my whole deck uh, yesterday. With my, <laughs> yeah, with with my father in law. Uh, we like, we, we were like, we were going to get someone to, to, cause our deck was a little bit old. So we needed to change the wood and we called around and like, it's just like, it was crazy. Like nobody's available for months. So he's recently retired. Um, and he's like a busy body. He like knows how to do all these things. So he's like, I got time. Let's do it. But now that means that like, I've also got to do it. You know? Uh, <laughs> oh God, that's so terrible. I, I thought of you, Max, while I was doing it. I was like, Max would never do this in a million years. <laughs> do anything possible to get out of this situation. But you're but not going to put it back together, are you? Yeah, we're going to, we oh, tore it out. No. We're going to rebuild that's, it. I'm getting anxious oh, just listening to yeah, this. Yeah, that sucks. Can't you just say you're busy with work or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's the thing, like. So first of all, the, the hilarious thing is it's like, first of all, deck boards are really hard to get out. And it's like, I don't have the man strength that he has. Uh, like he's like for, he's ripping out all of the boards. It's like, I'm like struggling with one. And then I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll, how I'll old move the wood to the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> he's like 60. How, how old is he? <laughs> yeah. He just turned 60. Yeah. Do you so, think yeah. you'll ever be at a point where you could beat him in an arm wrestle? Like in like 15 years? More like 25. <laughs> <laughs> Such a um, man's man. Oh man. He was like, he was awesome. He's like, and he's got like his like saw back there. And I'm just like, I'm hanging out. Like I'm, I, you know, Shane, you mentioned a few pods ago, you're good at like helping, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you're clever. You know how to help. It's like, I can do that. I'm like, okay, how, where can I, I help in the margins? You know? So Danica was like, <laughs> so Mike, uh, like me and uh, her dad were in the backyard still pulling up boards. And she's like, so Mike, you think, uh, you think you're going to really get into this like deck building thing? And I was like, Dan, I think I had a really nice time hanging out with my father-in-law this afternoon, but uh, this is going to be this is going to be a one-off uh, one-off thing. But yeah. he has he seen behind the curtain and know that you're not like your prototypical man. <laughs> that was a kind way to put it. Uh, yeah. Oh, he knows who I am, man. He knows. He 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 knows the deal. He How long did I'm it like. take before you like were willing to admit, like, hey, listen, I'm a little different. I think he, I think he knew right away. Like when I started dating Dan. Oh, your hair like, was quite long. Yeah. I worked in TV. I was like in a band. I had like long hair. Like, you know, it's like, he's like, uh, he knew right away, but he was uh, yeah, he's been great. And so that was really fun. Um, well, I mean, fun to hang with him. It's not fun to like do manual labor where you're ripping out, you know, 4,000 pounds of wood and then throwing it onto the back of like a trailer or whatever. 
Did you have tunes going? No, no. I said okay. I said to Danica, how surprised would you be if like right before we started, Owen pulled out earpods and he's like, you mind if I listen to a podcast while he like did the work? <laughs> like he wanted to, you know, block me out. Uh, no, we didn't listen to anything. We just, we just put our heads down and, and did the damn thing. And like Danica made us some lunch. Is there any idle chatter going on? Oh yeah, yeah. no, we were chatting. We were chatting a lot. Does it ever get like you're onto a topic like, how about those J's and hammer, hammer, <laughs> hammer, then you're done with the J's. Is it just like, are you comfortable having like 20 minutes of just like hammering and board ripping? Yeah, for sure. Oh, again, he did most, he, he, he did all the board ripping pretty much. I, I, again, I was just like <laughs> moving wood around and like, I'll take the nails out, you know, I, like, uh, but yeah, totally fine with silence. We've That's known each good. other forever, man. That's yeah. good. He's such a classic guy. You like old school guy. Like Owen looks like a dad from the 1960s. Like <laughs> it's like you better have my daughter home by 11 kind of thing. I'm like, "Okay, yes sir." Like, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, I'd be fucking terrified of him. <laughs> totally. And then the, but then the funny thing is it's like he's sneaky funny. You know, he's got jokes and stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? And that and they're actually more funny because, you know, you you're like, "Oh, he's like a serious dude." And then he's like he busts jokes. So, now it's good. Mike, this thing happens for me in these sorts of situations where people are like kind of shower me with praise for doing like a very little amount of physical like oh maxim you can lift that oh good okay good job good job like completely seriously like if i ever have to like bring anything like sort of mildly heavy out to the car like lauren always is like you can oh great job great like i get i get encouraged like I'm a senior citizen or like an eight year old boy, but like not like a 33 year old man who like kind of exercises regularly. <laughs> you know, how do they treat? How do they treat you uh, in these situations? I, I'm in the same boat. Like low bar. Like the fact that Mike, you know, and he, the thing too is, it's like I was very cognizant of like he's coming to help us build this deck with his time. Like I did not have my phone out there at all. Like I'm like I'm never. Mm. I'm not looking at my phone. This my this is Owen's time. Like he's doing this. So like all of that stuff, I was just like I gotta like. I'm taking this seriously. Uh, but to your point, such a low bar. It's like, mm-hmm. I guarantee when he told the rest of the family I was ripping out like decks with like Mike yesterday, they probably all would have been like, how much work did Mike actually do? You know <laughs> you, you know what? I think another thing I have going for me, and you maybe use this to a slight degree, but probably not as much as I can, is that my job is kind of mysterious and I have my hands in a lot of different pots. So if I, if I have to go and take a phone call, like it could be for like, you know, uh, like a, a deal with the band that's worth tens of thousands of dollars or something like that. <laughs> or, but it's usually just like, I need to talk to like Shane about the pod or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I need to make yeah. plans for dinner. Like, but no one really knows. This is the thing that gets me by in life is that no, it's no a good one move, really yeah. knows. <laughs> well, this is like, this is, this has always been a weird thing with the job thing at times is it's like, this is another reason I like going to an office. Cause it's like Shane and I, like we're, we're, we write commercials all the time and it's like to get inspired to write a commercial or whatever. It's like, it takes this whole confluence of like popular culture, entertainment, like the way something's shot, the you know, all these ideas make it a soup that then allows you to sort of like, you know, write a script that you think is, you know, good enough to pitch to your creative director. But like to make that soup, sometimes you just got to binge five hours of TV. And sometimes it's hard to explain that you're not just mm. chilling on the couch for five hours because maybe you stayed up late <laughs> watching basketball and drinking a few too many Coors Light. But it's like, that is the job. I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> but Shane, do you ever find that where it's like, it's like what looks like just you being lazy is actually you consuming things that you then apply to your work? Yeah, it sucks. Like when we were in the office, sometimes I would be like cruising YouTube looking for inspiration or ideas. So even at work doing the job that you're supposed to do, there was guilt associated with it. And sometimes uh, there's a woman who works with us named Brooke. She would come around and she would look at all my tabs and it would be the most ridiculous like <laughs> cat food commercial. Hold on, how would she look at your tabs like like as like checking up on well, you? Well, she, she would come over to if Mike was working on a project, she works for Brand Partnership. So Mike sat right behind me. So she'd swing over to talk mm. to Mike, glance at my computer and see all the stuff I have up. And it's, she'd like lean right in and look and just laugh at me. And I'm like, I'm working. This is for work. I'm like, but I keep a million tabs open too. And like yeah. I minimize windows and I'll have, you, you can kind of see all the YouTube things I'm looking at. Also, you were using for like, for like sound effects, you would use like a YouTube downloader. <laughs> that is like, it's like virus ridden. So what oh it did goodness. was to his computer, because it used this program, it would just do random pop-ups. So you turn around and look at Shane's computer and there'd just be pop-up ads for like erection pills or like uh, like a woman in a bikini. It was the oh, weirdest shit. Like, and like our boss would come up and he'd be like, oh, hey Shane, I just want to talk about this project. 
and a, a naked woman with her boobs out and it would say, come fuck me now would pop up. And I'd be like, oh yeah. And I would be trying to find it to click it off as he's talking to me about the project I'm working on. And he saw every time and just never said anything. <laughs> or, and there's another one that looks like a big blue penis and it's like one penis enlargement. Uh, uh. Oh man. And they just, they pile up because whatever this corrupt software that you used at some point, it would just be bing, bing. Oh, bing. I have it on my home computer now too. Cause I use oh, YouTube man. downloader so often. I, I need a pop-up blocker, but can't figure no. that out. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, hopefully the deck goes well. You guys been doing anything? I mean, we never see each other anymore. Let, let's get to topics. There, there's nothing. Yeah, to topics. It, unless Shane. All right. No. I got my uh, Mike. I, I got um. I got a good intro for you. So let me let me send it to the pod group, and you can uh, you can open with this. Okay. Okay. Max has just sent me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tweet from the president of the United States, Donald. One J. hour Trump. ago. One hour. One ago. hour ago. This came through as we're recording this uh, on a Thursday uh, at one o'clock in the afternoon. Donald Trump says, "I won the debate big based on." <laughs> <laughs> compilation of polls, etc. Thank you. <laughs> so there you have it, guys. Donald Trump won the debate. Uh, that does lead us perfectly into our first segment, uh, which is the debate that happened this week. Um, Danik and I watched uh, it, it in its entirety. Shane and I were on a work uh, call yesterday and it came up. I mean, it was obviously one of the things that I think everybody watched. I, I'd really be interested to see the numbers on that just as far as ratings. Uh, Max, did you watch it in its entirety? Yeah, yeah, I did. All right, so let's let's first, Shane. Let's get to you. What, what did you think? Because I think you said you were watching something else, and then you basically were like, "I got to check this shit out." Yeah, I was watching The Vow, which was an amazing documentary <laughs> that that you not the movie The Vow, not like that uh, like <laughs> oh, cheap, cheesy movie. There's a documentary about uh, a cult that that like Nexium or whatever. Oh, and Nexium. Mike had, That's right. Yeah. yeah, Mike had recommended it to me, and <laughs> you know, I've seen a bunch of. Uh, cult docs but this one was particularly good and really sucked me in uh but then i knew alex wanted to watch the debate and i was kind of like you know what this is going to be it's going to be exactly what happened i was like just just like this useless information that's going on you never really glean anything from it it's just people over talking each other and you know it's it's who gets the better comebacks and she's like no no it's gonna it's gonna be really good so then we turned it on and half an hour in it was just non-stop people over talking and you know to, like credit to alex i was laughing my ass off it was very entertaining and you know trump <laughs> just trump's <laughs> remarks and then when biden would try to get a, a zinger in it you know it just had a, a funny vibe and how direct biden was like you 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 are the worst president we've ever had like, <laughs> like biden would You're just like no metaphor or anything just say he's terrible <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm always surprised that people expect those debates to be anything more than what they are. And I find people are always surprised. Like, oh, that was just a shit show. It's like, yeah, of course. Of course. It's just a circus. It's a, it's a boxing match. It's like so hyped up. And that's, that's what it's intended for. Just ratings. Mm-hmm. Maxie, what, what did you think? Who did you think won? Um, I think they both kind of lost. I mean, obviously, we all want Biden to win. Um, and Trump was just a maniac. And, and the, I felt bad for the moderator, Chris Wallace. Oh, he um, was terrible. Yeah. One thing about Chris Wallace that in, even in the moment I turned to Danica, but uh, they asked Trump a question about um, the gatherings he has at his rallies and the fact that nobody's social distancing, nobody's wearing masks. He's not even encouraging it. And so basically, these are like potential cesspools for COVID. And uh, they're like, you know, Donald, you had thousands of people at your rallies. Uh, Joe, you've kept it much smaller. And then Donald's like, yeah, because he couldn't get the numbers at his mm-hmm. rallies. And then Chris Wallace <laughs> laughed. I was like, Chris, I know you're losing control here, but show a modicum of like restraint. Like he laughed at the zinger. It was, I couldn't believe it. It was a good zinger though. And he could have been, <laughs> he could have been laughing like in exasperation more than like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry to cut you off though, Max. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of moments of high comedy and just like reinforces the idea that Trump like has no interest in like being a politician or like implementing any real policy or, or caring about anybody other than himself but um i was thinking about like okay is this going to convince anybody one way or another and i guess the one thing uh, that maybe we can feel good about and this isn't a good reason uh, this is actually the worst possible reason but because america and a lot of places around the world obviously have like racist and sexist tendencies 
Joe Biden is just such a familiar middle American seeming person that it, he doesn't scare anybody off. Because I think there's some people that are afraid of like the left and how progressive you know the left might be if they take over. And even though somebody like Kamala uh, or Elizabeth Warren, I think are way, 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 way more equipped for the job and, um, you know, would push the party in a really good ideal direction. There's something about Joe Biden just being a sleepy ass, boring white guy who, you know, who I think is generally well liked and well respected that I think that is a comforting thing for if you're talking about specifically swing voters in the middle that that basically will decide the election when it comes to Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Florida. I can just see a lot more of those people going, oh, Trump actually kind of seems nuts and COVID sucks right now. And Biden, I know, won't turn the country upside down in a way that I've been like scared off on uh, when it comes to Warren or Kamala Harris or any of the other progressives. So that was the one thing that I guess was a positive uh, in uh, in the debate where it's just like Biden just reinforced himself to be like a pretty basic dude. And hopefully that encourages people to get him to vote. But I don't know, time will tell. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about like um, he's like he's like a placeholder for what they imagine a president could be. Like he's he's a palpable alternative to Trump for those un, those those people in the middle that couldn't go super far left, but they're like, oh no, I Joe, I can see being president, and then they'll maybe their distaste for Trump will push them just far enough left to vote for Joe. Is what you're saying? Totally, and of course, that's the, the other bet the Dems where, made, by the way. Of, of course, right? Because the the other option, the other route you could have gone was no, let's get somebody like a Bernie. Uh, or somebody who's way further to the left. And it's like all the people that are like very far on to the left on the spectrum would go, okay, now I'm going to get a vote. But I want, I don't know how many people are like that actually, uh, statistically I speaking, know. compared I know. to the people that well, are we have some, we have some, we have some pretty fiery friends who are like very far left and they always get very, uh, you know, they're, they're very angered at the idea of Joe being the guy that is leading oh, the party. Oh, totally. And I get it. I told you, Dan yeah. Hamilton is going to listen to this pod and go, like, you're a fucking <laughs> I didn't idiot. want to name names. <laughs> no, no, it's true. He's going to be like, this is stupid. But I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I do think that there is something to be said about uh, somebody who can, if nothing else, but for the sake of getting Trump out, somebody who can like appeal to the average person who, who isn't politically in, engaged and just kind of wants to get on with it. I feel like, if, though, if I was an alien who just came to Earth, and I was watching that debate. I'd be like, ooh, this orange skin guy really, like he's dominating this older gentleman. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like it felt like All he right. totally manhandled them. Well, this um, is the thing. I mean, I had mentioned this before. Like I thought a lot about as I was watching it is I'm just thinking strategically. I'm like, how do you combat this? Like how, if you're Joe, like I thought a lot about what if this was Obama running against um, Trump? I'm like, how would Obama handle this? I'm like, which, how do you do it? I'm like, if you match his energy, you seem just as unhinged. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if you, if you step back and try to like take the high road, you seem weak and like you can be dominated. I'm like, if you, if you go over and punch him, you're crazy. If you walk off the stage, well, then you're a quitter. Like, it's like, what is how do you do it back to Trump? It's like he's kind of found this weird playground shit where it's like they've emboldened him enough. He is the most you know powerful person in the world, sensibly. And but because he plays with like 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 playground tactics, it's like nobody knows how to handle it. And I couldn't figure it out. Like, how would you guys match or, or, or sorry, sorry debate Trump? Would you try to match the energy? Like, what is the what what advice, Shane? Would you give somebody debating Trump in that form? Well, I think everyone's thought about this, but you would just say, hey, could you please cut his mic? Like, we, we can't have civil discourse here like this. Like, I know this isn't like the most civil time to be uh, like uh, the nature of a debate isn't really civil discourse, but I can't even get a word out edgewise. Could we cut his mic, please? And I'll just say this is the only way we can go forward. We have to cut him, cut him out or and remove him. And if they him. don't, you walk off? No, I would just say I would just continue saying like, there's no way we're not getting anywhere here. Like, I'd rather just stand here and say nothing. Yeah, I wouldn't walk off, but I would just point out how silly it is. And I wouldn't I wouldn't try to go to his level because you're never going to beat him at his own game. But if you just say how flawed the game is that he, he's trying to play and how how dumb it is to keep his mic on and how ridiculous it makes the whole event, I think there would be a lot of sound logic there and people would point that out. Like everyone was I pointing think, it out on Twitter anyway. I think that um, 
Trump is at his worst when he is getting really angry and sweaty and fiery. I think that's when people go, this guy looks like an insane person. I think he's actually at his best when he's like laughing and making fun of the other person. So I would try to think about like who's the person who could like kind of outwit Trump and and no. get him and get him frustrated because and it's hard because I think a lot of politicians like to think of themselves as funny and they actually like when they try to give him a zinger he he gives it right back and he's actually better at that game I do obviously I'm going to say this but I do think Obama would kind of be able to run circles around him because Obama's so cool and he's so fucking funny that he'd be able and he also is like can he's can be long-winded but he can also kind of deliver like good one line one-liners and and obama's got a great smile and a great sense of humor that i think that would frustrate trump where it's like so obviously biden doesn't have that skill set hillary definitely didn't have that skill set Kamala's a little too serious bernie i think weirdly could be good about it because he he would have yeah i i think of the two of them in a debate that would have been yelling to the extreme because Bernie would have matched the Trump energy. I feel like, mm -hmm. don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he. Yeah, he'd get so frustrated, but in a I think a fiery good way. Um, right. But yeah, I, I definitely like think because you obviously want to take the debate seriously. But if you if you just had like supreme ultimate confidence and you were really quick and funny. Like who's like I'm trying to think like who'd be that person? Mm. I know obviously standing in a suit is like a weird thing, but like like a comedian like a Chris Rock or something. Like yeah, that. Uh, Russell uh, uh, Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Russell yeah, Brand think, would be very fascinating in a debate with Trump because because Russell yeah. also doesn't mind just talking ad nauseum and refusing. Like he, I feel like he might have the force of will to go back and just so quick to jump on the things yeah. that Trump says to him. That's a good one. Okay. Let's play another game, guys. Okay, uh, who in the Champagne Boys would make the best debate? Think about the characters. Let's say it's like about politics. Who would be good at it? If you, and you, if you had to sort of convince, uh, you know, a crowd of political onlookers that were voting for for you, who would be good? Savelli. Would be like would be like a marquee matchup even. We don't have oh, to like who would we want to have debating against each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. Well, I'd like to see Savelli and Dan would be good. I think Savelli Ooh. would win. That would be yeah. <laughs> Just because Dan gets more flustered. Yeah. Savelli is a professor at McMaster. I'd like to see Savelli and Birchall would be entertaining because they're both smart and they're both well-spoken and they both have a long history with each other. Um the nut, I should say, the nut and Doctor Savelli. <laughs> I think that would be kind of kind of good. Uh, Mike, you'd be good. I want. I wonder who you'd be good against. Actually, Mike versus Shane would be pretty good. I'd pay we, for that. Well, it'd be so because I'm so dumb at politics. Like, is is the topic politics? Uh, yeah, but but oh. does Trump know anything about politics? Trump doesn't know anything about <laughs> politics. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess when I anything. do get into like a game mode, yeah. If I'm pre playing a game where I'm like. Like at Randall's Cottage, how we played that that lawyer game where we pretend we're lawyers bullshitting about any given topic. I'm yeah, good at, I'm yeah. good at that. <laughs> it stuff. sounds like a fun game. How does this game work? You just pretend you're a lawyer, and Mike would pretend he's a lawyer, and then you're given a topic, and you have to uh, say the pros of it, even if you don't believe in it. You you have a healthy debate, and you see who wins. And I was very good at that game. But if it's real life, and I have to say real facts and truths that I'm supposed to believe, I'm I'm not good at defending my point. Necessarily, if I don't know everything about the topic. Yeah, but I think in general, like regardless of topic, like I, th I think you're a very good debater. We've had, you know, Max, if you had sat next to us for the last decade at work, you would have heard a bunch of them. I, I think of sometimes Alex or like Candace or Brandon who have like sat around us. And it's just like how many times we've ended up in like a two hour long conversation slash debate. Yeah, well, um, we're having those like conversations where we think only we can hear it, but literally the entire <laughs> office bubble can hear what we're saying. And yeah, it was not intense. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Max, do you think you'd be good in debate? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe. What do you guys think? Do you think I'd be good at, at, at in uh, in the debate against uh, some quick-minded person? I don't know if I would. I'm not really. Slow. No, because you too like see the other person's side of things too often. Mm. The one thing I would say that I am good at, um, I'm, I think I'm good at getting a consensus with people or, or trying to see um the goodness in different kinds of groups not obviously the white supremacist groups you know when he like refuses is this where you that. defend the proud boys yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely not um but i would say that um the like trump tried to get 
um, Biden to like sit like say like you don't even you hate the police officers, yeah. and Biden Biden kind of was clumsy in that response, and and I he said like there's some bad apples and stuff. I just think he said things that would piss off certain groups, and and Trump kind of got him in that corner on a few occasions. And I feel like I'd be able to sort of handle that a little bit better. Yeah, there was a few things where it's like you saw Joe walking into traps that Trump had clearly decided to lay before they even stepped on the stage. And then the one trap that actually Joe didn't set, but um, the trap that Chris Wallace set was the one about the uh, denouncing white supremacy and hate groups. And then Trump sort of did that thing where he he dances around the subject because he knows those people are going to vote for him. So he needs to give them just enough to know that he's on their side. But he it was so it was so weird. But this is another thing about that, though. Sorry, quickly back to the debate is the next day that like and even in the moment that dominated the headlines like Trump won't denounce. He tells the Proud Boys to stand, stand back and stand by. Stand by. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like. All I kept thinking is it's like this is the exact same playbook from four years ago when he when he said the thing about uh, Mexicans. It's like Trump does this and then Van Jones and the CNN panel and, you know, Jake Tapper and all these people are like, this is the end. Our country has never sunk this low, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they lose their minds and they do it for 24 hours. But it's like that is what worked for him before. So why would he change? You know, and it's like, why are they surprised? And you would think that should be the end of it for him. It's like, well, he basically wouldn't denounce white supremacy or whatever. You know, he danced around it. It's like, I, we're going to see. We're going to see come November how much of an effect this has on it because we know more than we knew four years ago. But it, if you're Trump, he's literally just going back to the exact same place. Like the high pick and roll keeps working. I keep scoring. Why would I do anything different? He's like, I keep winning this way. All I do is win. So of course he's doubling down on that. And I'm so fascinated to see if it pays off for him in November or uh, if it doesn't. Uh, Bruce Springsteen did an interview the other day and he was like, he's going to lose. He's losing. And if Bruce says that, then I believe it. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Wow. Yeah. Shane, yeah. do you believe the boss about this one? seems like he's going to lose, but it seemed like he was going to lose last time. Yeah, that's true. So how can you I, trust that? I do think he's, if he does lose, he's going to have to lose in a hell of a landslide for him to mm-hmm. actually leave because he's going to stay around. He's, he's like that house guest you can't get rid of. Like he's just going to keep finding reasons. But he doesn't have squatters rights, does he? Like he can't just stay in the White House. Can't they just like arrest This is him? what he did. This is why he's, this is what, by him picking these last three Supreme Court justices is he's going to stay until they decide. He's, he's basically trying to muddy the waters. This is what all this like, uh, the, you know, the fraudulent ballots. This is what he's laying the groundwork basically that if it's a close election, he can basically contest it, and then the Supreme Court will ultimately rule him because he's put three of those new judges in. They're going to rule in his favor. But let's say he. Theory. But let's say he has to leave. Do you think it'll be like Waco? I think it'll landslide. He will leave. I think mm-hmm. he can't claim yeah. fraud if it's a landslide. But I think if it's like even like a couple million votes or whatever it is, or like one of the swing states is a couple million, I think he's going to stay like Waco. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It'd be very like entertaining in a weird way if it did become Waco esque. I'd love to see that movie. <laughs> Well, this is it. It's just like, obviously, his like Supreme Court choices and other things he's done in office do have real political ramifications. But that is feels so secondary to Trump just liking the being the center of attention. It feels like his wanting to be president has like little to do with policy and more to do with just him being the center of the reality show. Do you, do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, of and course. that's the main reason why he, he wants to stay. It's just like, he's like, no, this job is awesome. I love getting fired up and I love everybody talking about me 24 hours a day. And it's just There's fun also- to win something. Any contest is fun to win. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's the, true. people want to catch the t-shirt when it's being thrown into the crowd more than they want the t-shirt. <laughs> um, very true. It's very true. One little point that I want to make, though, uh, Mike, you're saying how like Van Jones and Jake Tapper, all these people who I really like as journalists, you know, they get they were like incredulous after the debate. They were like, that was a good, that was a shit show. That was a, a flaming piece of garbage inside of a blah, 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 inside of a blah, blah, blah. It was a funny quote. Um but it does kind of make me a little weary. And this actually kind of speaks to the thing we were just talking about at the beginning of the show, where there's where it's like, you guys are all becoming more famous and rich because of Trump. And this is like this media industrial complex that we're all having to suffer through. And and I sometimes wonder, I'm like, I know it's like your duty, your divine duty to be journalists and to report the truth because you have this divine uh, you know, word from God that we are journalists and we must uphold the constitution. Like they talk about it in this, like, as if they're like, 
you know, sent from the heavens to like report the truth. But it's also kind of like, no, you guys just like being famous and rich and the, and the, and the business, at least when it comes to like cable news is kind of doing really well. But I, I just kind of find the whole thing a little off putting. And I was just like, is there another way to, <laughs> to deal with this uh, where it doesn't seem so obviously self-serving when it comes to like the amazing ratings that CNN is getting and how it has completely overtaken all of our lives to the point where we're fucking going insane because this guy's in our face every fucking day. And there's actually other tangible things we could be doing within our communities that we should focus on, but no one fucking does because all we're doing is watching Trump all day long because these like really smart, well-meaning quote unquote journalists are telling us that this is what we need to focus our attention to because like the fate of the country rests in, in this election, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I just, I do sometimes wonder like, okay, so um, not related, but kind of related. There was this incident that happened in the soccer league yesterday. Uh, it was the San Diego soccer team, professional team. I don't know exactly what league basically left uh, the game about three quarters of the way through because one of their players who's openly gay was uh, called a homophobic slur. It's a, it's a really interesting story. And um, the coach of the team is a former U.S. soccer player, Landon, Don Landon Donovan. And basically the team just said, we're not going to play. See you later. They were winning three to one and they just left the pitch. And that's how they decided to make their statement. I was like, that's fucking awesome. That actually speaks more to the moment than anything else. Just, we're just not participating. Sometimes I wish CNN would just say, we're not doing it see you tomorrow and just went black or something like that. I just wish more people just said, we're not going to even interact with the bully because by doing that, we give the bully that much more of a platform and we, and we, and we uh, galvanize the bully and his supporters that much more. Anyway, that's a fantasy. Obviously it's not practical on any level, but, but I did, but I did like the way the soccer team dealt with it. Saying, like, no, that's it. We don't, we, we choose not to engage in this battle because this battle is like fundamentally unfair on a human level and fuck that. See you later. I'm going to do something else with my time. That's my rant. Yeah. Please. No, it was a good rant. That was, that's one of the best max rants we've had in a long time. That was like a <laughs> good solid four minutes, sir. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. You're passionate. I love passionate Max. What do you think is worse, CNN or Fox? Fox for sure, cuz Fox yeah. like does not um well chooses to like not pay attention to like certain things that are like so obviously more pressing and and the angle they choose to to take on stories uh is sort of laughable. Mike, what were you laughing? What do you say? Well, I saw when there was like a bombshell sort of like New York Times uh, story about his taxes that came out right before the debates. This was a significant report with like credible sources. They had the taxes. And I saw a tweet that said uh, like ABC News, his taxes, CNN, his taxes, NBC News, his taxes, Fox, Harvest Soup is great this year, Soup Channel, <laughs> his taxes. Like, like you know what I mean? But, so it's just like, I, I, like you could argue that maybe CNN with the hyperbole goes too hard on the mm -hmm. end of the world. But I mean, I, I don't know. We're in kind of unprecedented territory with Trump and sort of the way that he's, he's using the office, but I Fox and I go to foxnews.com almost every day. Like they outright ignore like major stories. Like they didn't have the taxes anywhere on their, their, their website. Like, and that's, that's in, that like, to me, that's like, if you're fronting as like a, a journalistic entity, that's wild to me. You have to at least discuss it. You know what I mean? If you, mm -hmm. Even if you want to knock it down or something like that. Why? What do you think, Shaney? Oh, I just thought it'd be funnier. Like I, I bought Fox. Uh, I called Bell for some other reason. And then they, you know, sucked me into this package where like I could get all these channels for three bucks. And it was like, oh, you still have two channels left. I'm like, I'm really curious what Fox looks like. So I turned <laughs> it on for a laugh because I, you know, I thought it would be really silly. But it, they were talking to people on the left and like had a really normal debate between the journalists. And it was very respectful. And I was thinking, I, I watch CNN like 90% of my time when I'm watching news. And I noticed they never talked to anyone on the right and have any uh, discourse. And then I watched it a few days later and they were having another really civil conversation uh with the person on the left and acquiescing to certain points and it seemed really civil and i was like geez I, I didn't think fox would be this way and then it made me think oh cnn's never really has any give when it comes to their opinions they're never like oh you're right here but wrong here one of the things about fox is there's kind of like what they consider the news division um so someone like Chris Wallace uh, or, or like the people that consider themselves journalists, like that have like shows during the day or they report the news, 
they will like sort of if they get an interview with Trump, Trump will like he's angry at Fox sometimes because there's certain like sort of pods within the network that do do journalism. The problem is that they're most famous for that block with like Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram. And basically that's all opinion. And that's like the primetime programming that basically feeds the the heavy, heavy, heavy right and conspiracy theories into sort of the older voting block. Um, where is that like that sort of midday news stuff maybe is what you're talking about. I don't, no, I don't I know. I think it might have been Laura. Is she a blonde woman? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah, the one that told LeBron it, to shut up and dribble. Oh, okay, no, it wasn't her then. Yeah. No, it was another blonde woman. Yeah, they only so, kind of hire blonde ladies. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> it is fascinating, though, that you, you got the channel and you started watching it. Yeah, well, I just, I thought it'd be fun. Because, you know, people are always saying to avoid an echo chamber, start listening to the other side so you actually know what's out there. So I, w- I was like, okay, let's actually see this. And I, th- I thought I'd have a little fun, too. But I'm gathering that, uh, you, you know, you said that if you're an alien Trump, you would think you would win the debate. You had Kirk Cameron on your podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. You've ordered Fox News. I feel like this might be your soft migration to the right. Jim. <laughs> no, no. And if you listen to the Kirk Cameron episode, you know, a- Alex really wanted to have someone have a conversation where it wasn't just attacking someone and kind of just having a civil conversation with somebody you disagree with everything they stand for. And that's yeah. how we kind of mm. teed up the conversation because she feels like that's the way to actually uh, get a resolve on things rather than always being the enemy. That's mm. what we were trying to do. But it, w- it was an interesting conversation. But yeah, I'm definitely not leaning right at all. But I, I CNN, I find a little bit annoying at times. Yeah, I will. To your point there, Shane, I, I do sometimes wish that um, like Fox would have, you know, they had like, they hosted a Pete Buttigieg town hall, which mm-hmm. actually converted a lot of Fox viewers to be like, oh, this guy seems actually pretty reasonable. And Pete Buttigieg is a very like center left candidate. And yeah, because when you're only speaking, you know, to your own kind, you kind of, there's no opportunity to, for any bridge building. And so, so, so sometimes I wonder like, ah, w- it would be awesome if you had some more good faith conversations. Mm-hmm. Um you know, between people on, on on different sides of the spectrum. If only, and I say this not to um, sort of support any of those beliefs, but only to move the ball forward to a more progressive place. That- of course, and I, I tend to believe people more if they're saying, "Oh, here's where what we like about this, and here's what we don't like." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's times where they'll take like a quote of his. And they'll go super hard on it. And it's like, I watched that. That actually isn't kind of how he said it. And he says so many crazy things. You don't need to Mm -hmm. go after this one that is actually innocuous or not the way he meant it. Um, Yeah. Because then he goes, that's not what I meant. And then you go, I kind of agree Mm -hmm. with what Trump is saying because that's not what he meant. I know that. But but it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you guys want to get to a little Shaney surprise here to wrap this episode up? Yeah, man. Yes, Uh, please. Do you guys know who uh, John Wayne Bobbitt is? Max, this question's for you. (laughs) Don't. Okay. You don't can i just say that i i i've come to really enjoy when we started shane surprise when you go do you guys know who and then i cannot wait for the name <laughs> well shane, i know mike knows know. who this person is but i know i knew max is like the erica of the group right now erica's not here today unfortunately but you're good because you sometimes don't know references like this so okay john wayne bobbitt uh got his penis cut off in the middle of the night do you know this story <laughs> Every Shane surprise is somebody getting the penis cut off. Honestly, <laughs> every funny. single time. It's so funny. It's so funny because I was telling Alex because I, I sometimes help get Alex to help me uh, procure these stories, and I was like, I don't want to talk about like farts, bodily functions, dicks. And then I just got onto this story, and I was like, I'm going to find something better. Like we're actually going to have a real conversation. I couldn't find anything better than this story, but I think it could spark an interesting conversation that's like beyond dicks and. And whatnot. But this okay. is just a lead into it. So John Wayne Bobbitt got his penis cut off in the middle of the night after an argument with his girlfriend. They okay. found his what penis. What year is this? This was in the 90s. It was like a big thing on like late night talk mm. shows like Jay Leno yeah. and okay. Letterman would joke about it like every night. It was like the OJ trial, but penis related. And, about the uh, wife. Yeah. And why she yeah. did it. Lorena. Lorena, Lorena Bobbitt. Bobbitt. Right? Yeah. yeah. And like it's funny. Bobbitt kind of sounds like a, a type of last name where you'd like cut a penis off but they found the penis <laughs> they put it back on the guy and he actually it was became, in a field yeah it was in a field they found it and uh, they 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 glued it back on or stitched it back on somehow point is they got it back on he became a porn star and then and then uh so this is an inspirational story yeah <laughs> uh, but now years don't later, let anything defer your dreams but he's back in the news now and his leg is getting uh, amputated because he got a bad mm. infection on his legs and now his, he's he's probably going to have to lose his leg. 
But it just got me thinking back into that initial impetus of him losing his his penis. And I was wondering, what is your most annoying habit that would maybe bring your significant (laughs) other to the brink of something like this? Dismembering one of us? Yeah, or just like, I just wanted to use that as a a launching point to just talk about like, are we self-aware enough to know what's annoying about Mm -hmm. us? Or drives people you were, nuts. No pun intended. I thought you were going to go uh, leg or penis if we had to choose. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were oh, going to say which that's a good part. one. Okay, let's use that as the... Uh, that's, uh, that's <laughs> no, <way> your <laughs> question is more interesting. Yours was far yeah, more But I, I do want to start it with a leg or penis. <laughs> leg. You get rid of the leg? I think mm-hmm. so. They got great prosthetics now. A functioning oh. penis is like, you ain't getting that back. I can learn to walk on a prosthetic. Interesting. I think... I, I think penis. I, I, the prosthetic would, would seem to be hindering like my day to day in a much more significant way. But I get that like penis also does other stuff that's important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to say leg. Like I like I want to keep the leg, and just to be like done with the, the nagging thing that the penis causes. Like I don't want that like <laughs> nagging. Like oh, have sex today. I, like it, it gets kind of annoying, right? So. But I, I do think it's really important uh, to have sex, even though it is kind of annoying to always have that kind of thing nagging at you. Um, but yeah, I would lose the leg. Hmm. Okay. So the, what's the trait that is the most annoying that would cause your partner to do something like that? That is a good That is a good question. Yeah, I think I know yours, Max. What, <laughs> uh, what, what is it, Shane? You tell me. Well, I was going to say, maybe you can drive people nuts with your indifference. Indifference? Like maybe someone's like, come on, just like, because I find with a lot of things, you're like, eh, I don't know. Like, you know, like maybe Lauren's (laughs) like, make a fucking decision and then she'll like cut your dick off. (laughs) Like she wouldn't do that, you know, but. I think this just speaks to my ability to see, you know all sides and, and and learn from everyone's personal experiences and be sympathetic to that. I think that's a quality oh. I have, to be honest. Oh, maybe it's um, your greatest strength. What's your biggest weakness though? <laughs> um, oh, that's so, in, that's a good one. I mean, uh, I've been told that um, I kind of eat loudly and I scrape um, the, like with a, with a metal fork, if I'm like eating like the, uh, a, like the bottom of a bowl or a plate, like I, that sound really drives mm. Lauren nuts. I think that would, uh, yeah, drive her to kill me or to cut off some, a piece of my body. I think that would be the big one. Sometimes I toot in the morning. That's the thing that she doesn't love. Um, I don't know. <laughs> this just goes for another the- 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, shit. I'm sure it's there's a great other question. stuff. I, I, Ash, if you're listening, which you are, just text me the thing that I annoy you the most about. That I, would be, she, I can't wait Ash, to hear. Yeah, she probably knows please, the please, best. Please. Um, okay, Ash is, Ash is texting. Uh, Mike, go ahead. Uh, I would say to, to the, 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 the thing that I think annoys her, one of the things I do know annoys her is if I'm like, if I'm um, drinking, like say like there's hoops on and I'm having a couple of beers or whatever, I start to go like, like the more buzzed I get, like I'm really, I, I audibly enjoy my drink. So it's just like, <laughs> and by like, you make the sound four, like you're in a commercial or something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like something I picked up from commercials, but you know, I'm just, and I, there's times where they should just look at me and go, and I'm like, sorry, don't cut off my penis. Uh, and then I would say the other, that's like sort of a, a, a an audible noise that can be very, annoying to her uh but i would say the thing that really annoys her is if it's like say i'm like i'm going to hoop or whatever right i'm, I'm like i'm gonna go shoot basketball and i'll be like i'll be home in like 10 minutes or i'll be home at one but then it's like if i'm really getting into basketball and then it's like i don't get home till 1 30 she's like overshoot she's like if, if tell me you'll be home at two and surprise me at 120 she's like but you do the other thing and i'm like but the only reason i do that is because i i really am aspiring i want to be home for you at that time i just i got caught up life happens man or just say i meant am because you want to get some beers after the basketball right yeah of course yeah i'm 12 hours early get off my back um so that those are two also, that i, would I, sh- say I should ask 
I, I should ask Dan because Dan uh, would know some good ones too. But Ash got back to me. She's texting me. She said, it's incredibly obvious when you aren't paying attention. That's one. So like if I'm like <laughs> oh, walking yeah. with her and I'm like, and I'm sort of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm on my phone or something that really drives Ash nuts, which is totally fair. But the other one though is like, you always like to advance things without thinking of all the annoying shit involved because you don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those, are, so two, those like, are two very good ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very good. And yeah, sorry, Ash, you're the best. <laughs> Shane, what about you? Oh, I'm very nitpicky. Like I'm very flawed, but with Alex, like everything she does, I'll act like, oh, I would have done it a little bit better than that. Or oh, don't, don't do that. Why would you put the drink on the corner when it's going to just knock off and fall on the floor? And I'm always giving her advice on how to be cleaner and more organized when me myself, I'm a very messy person. So I'm actually infuriating <laughs> to live with. <laughs> You're like, uh, do as I say, not as I do. Right. I think, yeah, I, I know better. I just don't do better. So I mm. like to impart my wisdom, but I don't take my own advice. But yeah, I'm, I'm a tough person to live with. Shane, do you think Alex would cut off your D or your leg? Well, she loves sex. So, uh... Mm. <laughs> <laughs>